0: Welcome back to the Heartland Leadership Podcast, a podcast all about leadership and the way of Jesus. My name's Clint. So uh, a number of our uh, people that come to the church and our staff have been enrolling in seminary recently, and it just got me thinking about just communicating to our whole church and whoever happens to be listening on YouTube, why would someone pursue theological education? And typically that's been called seminary. These different outfits offer degrees, training for future pastors and others who want to learn more about their faith, about the Bible. That's kind of the typical quick way to describe seminary. So where to start? Um, Well, Well,
1: seminary seminary's kind of been like post- Bachelor degree, right? You would go to receive higher education, higher theological education, yeah, and, and it's always... theological education, advanced, you might like. say. Mm-hmm. And it's this, like, it's always had, I don't, I believe anyway, like this stigma of, are you talking seminary or cemetery? Right. Because, because like... Yeah, what, describe what do you well, mean by that. Well, like, when I was growing up, it was, if you go to seminary, it will kill your faith.
2: Yeah, it's, it's almost like... <laughs> To someone who's real excited about Jesus, starts to feel, oh, man, is there something for me in ministry, whatever that might be. But then here's where you go, and you're told, hey, you got to read all these dried up dead guys, you know, and you got to learn Hebrew and Greek, uh, even though you may never have met someone who speaks Hebrew or Greek. And, and I was told uh, they will do their best to talk you out of your
1: faith. Like, oh, mm. this is interesting. Like, really? I'm going to go to a place where I want to learn more about Jesus and increase my faith, and they're going to try to talk me out of it? So, like, for me, it was always... That like, was the
0: conception from people warning you to not go there. At but was what... that your
1: experience? That were not, No, not at all. Mm. Not at all. Anything but. But, but when I was... It was a long time ago. I'm fifty four, right? But I mean, you would have to you would have to leave where you lived and you'd have to pack everything up and you'd have to move like to a whole new town to yeah. go to seminary and you'd have to rent an apartment and get a part time job. I mean it was a whole deal. And and yeah, things have drastically changed. They they were changing for me at the time.
0: Mm-hmm. So Would you call what you did theological education? And oh
1: yeah, absolutely. Why like well, because um, we learned about God. you know. So in, in the most general sense of the term theological, theos is the word God, logical, like a, a word about. So we're going to study words about God. We're going to learn about God together. And that's what happened, at least in my seminary experience. I did a... Um, a Bible uh, school, you might say, undergrad. So I learned a little bit of the languages and things like that. And then I went away and started a, a job in a church mm. um, and started doing s- a seminary kind of part-time. So I would take um, a class a week for a while. Uh, we actually lived in Wisconsin at the time. And I would drive down to Milwaukee, um, where there was an extension of this particular uh, seminary. And we'd go there for like three hours every, I think it was Thursday night. And you'd be in a classroom with other seminarians, but like then I would go back, drive back to my my home, and work my forty-hour job in ministry. So mm-hmm. it was like a combination of that, and did the same thing. Then when we moved back here to Ohio, very similar thing. Started going to seminary, still working a job, but I was learning. At least for me, this was the big difference. Like I was learning from practitioners, people who were actually doing it. So like. We would go. Uh, I think it was Elmbrook Church is where I went in Milwaukee. Uh, was that Stuart Briscoe? Yeah, Stuart Briscoe. You it's probably before your time. I just know.
2: I know guys who came from that church who I was. Uh, like, in the hall with when I was at school. <laughs> it's so yeah. funny. Yeah.
1: So we would, like, the guys who would be teaching um, the classes were pastors in the church. So, like, Mel Lorenz, who I think ended up being one of the lead pastors, and um, Barry Beitzel would would teach classes. Hmm. These were, like, incredible, like, theological leaders, th- thought thinkers of the day. And, and it was great to learn from them, but they were actually doing the work of ministry. They weren't just teaching.
0: Does that make sense? Well, sure. Yeah. I mean, you could... Do you think that's like, that's probably not the case for most seminaries, right? They're I they're professors I, that are yes, right, and and maybe they worked in a church, but that wouldn't really come up. In like a, these guys were full
1: time working in churches, and they were like part time adjuncting at the seminary. I see. And yeah. then it was the same thing when I finished my seminary because I, I went to three different seminaries. So I started off at... <laughs> I have this running theme in my life, okay. right? I, like I started off at Trinity out of Chicago. Uh, then we went... Well, I guess it was the same one. Then when I was in Akron, I was at the chapel, but it was a Trinity. I ended up graduating from Western Seminary, which is out in Portland, Oregon. But I got my degree through sac- in Sacramento at Bayside Church, which is a big church there. And again, it was pastors. It was people who were doing the. So it was very hands-on, and they were larger churches that I was learning from. So it was I, I thought my seminary experience was excellent. But to your point, like most seminaries, these guys have been tenured. They've been there for years, probably aren't even
2: working in the church anymore, oh. and just like completely, a lot of them really out of date. Yeah, mm. and I think that's significant what you just said about how even in your day, in your experience, seminary was already changing a bit. Because I think about my dad, who would have been in seminary 15 to 20 years before you, and at least when he talks about it, it feels much more to me that more of his options would have been that, yes, you go, pack up your life, move there, learn from those professors whose full-time job is they are in the classroom, um not so much this extension campus model or this more accessible model. I mean, you, you kind of had to put your life on hold. Absolutely. Uh, and and for my parents, it was sort of a scraping by. My mom got a job in, I believe, the office at the semin- right. seminary because she could make some money there. You know, you maybe find a local church that's looking for a part-time something or other pastors. You that's can not going to pay you anything. No, no, totally. Right, right. But you're trying to make it work because this is the training that you – likely need before you go and take a pastorate at a church
0: that's that's what i want to dial in on so that training so in other fields um you know the guild has come up with certain standards of excellence that you have to pass so you have to get a certain score on your mcat if Mm -hmm. you're going to get into a good medical school right and you need to pass your certain bar exams or whatever for being a lawyer um, and so like the community of lawyers and, and people in law have kind of come up with what should the bar be and for all these different kind of you know higher order mm-hmm. professions, let's say. And there is kind of a standard body of knowledge that, like, hey man, if you're gonna be a doctor, you've gotta know anatomy. <laughs> it would make sense. I mean, sense. for crying out loud. <laughs> mm-hmm. And a number of other things. If you're gonna specialize, whatever you're gonna end up doing, you need to know these things or and take apart a cadaver or different you know, activities you do right. in med school. Okay, so f- what is that training mm-hmm. that's required to become, let's say, a good pastor? And then is that what has been traditionally offered at seminaries?
1: It's funny you bring this up because... Um... Church world is so much different, Uh, you know. There, there are many churches, and I learned this just as I was growing in ministry. But like, there are many churches that um, the pastor or people in their church they'll say like, "Well, we got our." We got our degree, or I went to seminary, and I'll ask them, "Well, where from?" And it's like through their church. Mm-hmm. It's like like by taking classes from the pastor for somebody else in their own church, mm-hmm. which isn't accredited at all. But like their church sees it as the governing body and what's necessary, <laughs> and so right. they have the credentials to do. And
0: and mm-hmm. it got me thinking about, okay, like where. And so they would say they have a. They they have right. said to me like, like the most common but one. But they I, have a seminary
2: education. or yes. Do they actually have a master's degree? Well,
0: well, not they,
2: that.
1: they wouldn't say master's degree. They would they would. Say, but it might
2: be close. Like the the one I've bumped into a bunch of times is like because of accreditation, because of some of the rules, you you can't technically say well this is a master's, but like you might call it a a master's of ministry. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, there not, you go. It, it's not really saying. M dot something, but it's saying, hey, this is what we called at our denominational school, our ministry school, a master's of ministry. And so it's really tricky to your point. Um, Similar with ordination, frankly, you know, ordination could mean so many things. And likewise, when you dig in with other pastors, you might find, oh, that master's, that's very different than what I did. Uh, Well, and
1: um, I don't want to pick on certain seminaries, but like a master's degree from like a seminary that you would think of as prestigious... Doesn't necessarily mean they studied the same thing as um, more of an evangelical, and I, I don't even love that word, but mm-hmm. uh, seminary. And so the governing mm-hmm. body that accredits seminaries that I'm aware there's probably a few of them, but like is ATS, the...
0: Um, the association uh, of Theological Schools. Yeah, right. Like Thank what you. Bob Jones University offer, us, it's a seminary as well, right?
2: I, I'm Surely. not. I, I couldn't, I, I, I I couldn't um, speak to that either. Yeah, But, sorry. but like, that.
0: let's just say that they do have one. That would be a far cry in a lot of ways from like Harvard School. Oh, of Divinity. That, that's kind of what I'm night saying. Night and day, night, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, whole different. Curriculum.
1: Right. A whole different curriculum. So, like, that's why when people ask me, yeah. well, I want to go, on want to get a theological education. Well, you, you not only have to think about what kind of education you want, but like what you want to do, what kind of church you want to serve afterwards. For instance, there are some denominations, if you don't graduate from their prescribed seminary, they'll never hire you mm-hmm. in their church. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just having a conversation with. And
0: why, like, so, drill down, why is that? What because
1: are, there are certain things that they. Doctrines. Um, yeah, certain teachings
2: that they maybe not even doctrines, but like yeah. certain parts of history, certain teachings that they think you've got to or, know this. Or even a practical one, like, and this is a healthy one, I think. Um, I don't know what it stands for, but like CPE is that clinical pastoral experience? Edu- yeah, education. Yeah. So, like yeah. CPE, which kind of has some shared values with like chaplaincy. Um, you know, going to visit, hospital visitations, crisis care, some some denominations, some churches would say, you have to have CPE. And mm-hmm. so our schools that we uh, sort of allow for recognize, they will make you take CPE. Whereas another school might say, no, no, you, you can get your master's of divinity without CPE. Uh, and so there's, it there could be things like that, not just doctrine. If you All will.
1: that to say, I believe accreditation is important because it is that body of um, governing authority that you mentioned earlier. Now, is it everything? Well, no, it's not everything. Like, I would love that people want to know more about their faith and whatever their church is offering. Great, take that step. But like, if you want mm-hmm. to reach that level, yeah. there's a certain level that accreditation. And an you name-dropped
0: ATS Association of Theological, Theological schools. schools. We think. Yeah, I, I believe that's what yeah. it is. Yeah. And how Do you know the details of that? Is it similar to these other guilds and other professions? Yes. There's a community of schools that have all come together, and they have maybe some members on the council that makes determinations of, we are saying, yes, we're affirming the education that this institution's offering.
1: That's right. Yep. And... Um, there are certain prerequisites that you have to study and you have to pass, and you got kind of get—the school gets interviewed on a regular basis oh, yeah. to make sure that they are adhering to these principles. So
2: it's a big deal. And if I could chime in on what you said about accreditation mattering, not not to introduce anything dark to this conversation, but unfortunately I am aware of a few people who went to sort of schools of ministry or— um, that's what I've heard more often than seminary, but where frankly there was no accreditation there was no outside board of accountability and honestly individuals were using that school and that sort of um, I don't know a platform opportunity to to exercise power in an inappropriate way mm-hmm. oh, um, wow. and I mean I, I know of multiple stories of that happening and so just like anything where you're giving yourself to a larger body of power you you sort of want to know um, that those leaders are accountable to something, I think there's. I, I, there.
1: I don't want to come across like we're the ATS snobs or accreditation snobs, no. but like we're not. But it is important, like Drew's mentioning, to know what you're getting into and, and what you want to get out of it and that it's been approved and vetted by a, a larger
0: source. I guess like back more to the more higher level general questions that people listening might be asking, like. Why? I don't know. Why even do any of that? Like, right. I can't. I get the training I would need to be a good pastor just by like studying under the pastor I have now. Watching, I, I have a good pastor, and I kind of study him. And I meet with him and, or her and try to emulate what they're doing, and then I could be a good pastor. Why do I have to spend forty thousand dollars or whatever it is over the course of however long and move my whole family? Why do any of that?
1: And in some seminaries, forty thousand dollars a year. Mm. You know, I mean, think about that. That's that's a lot of money. It's a big investment, which is part of the reason why I got frustrated. Uh, you know, when I was finishing my um, doctorate degree, now it's doctorate level, right? But like one class that I was taking, and I won't mention the organization, but it was it was five thousand dollars. And it just hit me like, I can't sustain this, you know? Mm-hmm. It was great. I mean, I had incredible, great experiences with it, but wow, I'm not ever going to have a job making $250,000 a year where I can pay off this debt. So I had to back away from that, find a different source. And um, I, I do think, I mean, it's expensive, but I do think why... Um, it, to me it's like a discipleship it's it's growing and learning more about Christ and it's yeah. not just it's not just pastors or missionaries that should mm-hmm. Go to seminary. I think I think it should be open to anyone who wants to learn and grow. And I'll be honest, like after thirty now years as a pastor, I can't provide that same level. Even if someone was in my dust, following me around mm-hmm. as their rabbi, like I just yeah. I can't teach them all the things that were taught to me at seminary. And I do
2: think like we wouldn't totally want to poo-poo that idea. Like you know, there is something to be gained by getting with your pastor. I, I think. I think the contextual work of, okay, in this community that we're both a part of with the unique challenges that maybe we're both familiar with, there's totally a wisdom there, I think. Um, And and, uh, yes. Uh, but, But I think the flip side of that, and certainly some pastors in some traditions would encourage this more than others, is your pastor, no matter how gifted they are, is human has limitations, has been exposed to a certain body of work, a certain um, a number of communities and experiences, and so I do think one of the things when you go to a recognized. Um, institution that offers theological education is you are trying to expose yourself to something wider and bigger. And that that both is connecting you hopefully to the global Christian community, mm-hmm. that there are people studying the scriptures, thinking about what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, what it means to come together as church, how to organize uh, in different ways because of their context. There's also uh, different eras. And so we can oftentimes look back um, at, 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 frankly, individuals who maybe aren't a part of our tradition, maybe lived 500 years before we did. And a lot of times seminary will, will sort of just open your mind. It certainly did for me. To Wow, there's, there's so much that even if, you know, I was working here with you, even if I did follow you around or read everything on your bookshelf, you know, right. there's just a lot more to it than that.
0: So do you think there's anything, so that sounds good on paper. Is part of that experience why some might, Look from the outside, looking, looking in, say you've lost your faith, or some of the vibrancy or vigor that maybe you went to seminary for. Is there any, anything about that experience that, like, why does it have that reputation? Oh, there's a mean, nugget of truth in seminary
1: all. being a cemetery. Yeah, yeah. Well, there is a certain rigor
2: to mm-hmm. uh, seminary that I think is is good and productive. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I think it's like this is a silly example, but like let's just pretend in your marriage if you're married. Uh, yeah, you, lo- you love your wife. You love your husband. Now, what if someone said, hey, for this next three-year period of your life, I want you to focus more on just doing ethnographic research with your wife and writing lengthy papers about your wife and make sure that your formatting and your sources is all done correctly. And and hey, I'm going to slap some deadlines on there. And then, hey, even if you pour your heart and soul into this, I'm going to ask someone outside of your marriage to come in and evaluate for you. How well did you speak to this person? You're- and so you take this like, intensely personal and potentially vibrant thing, I think, and you turn it a little bit more into, um, you know, something that has all these criteria. And so I think that depersonalization is truly one of the risks, especially I think in the study of scripture, because, um, at least in my experience, when I went to seminary, I was taught some new methods for studying scripture Mm. and, um, some of them felt really foreign and kind of like using tools that I'd never used before. And now what was sometimes this, Hey, let me open this and see, you know, what is God saying to me now? I, I struggle to do that because I'm thinking about, well, I kind of have to leave this tool on the wall in order to do that. But seminary is saying you got to learn to use this tool. So that's some of what comes to my mind is this Yeah, And I think what
1: what I was mentioning before, um, there's a rigor, which is good, but there's also like in a a typical seminary, there's the danger of um, it just becomes all head knowledge and it becomes being taught by uh, the so-called experts who have been doing it for years but aren't in the field. Um, and so there, yeah, there is that danger, I think.
2: Almost like this, that's better way of what I was trying to say. Like, almost like if your wife came to you and said, Hey, I'm not impressed by your paper about 15 great dates you could have with your wife. Like, mm -hmm. how about one, get your head out of the book, stop Mm -hmm. writing the paper, you know, like let's, Mm -hmm. let's live it and not just talk about it. Take your wife on the date. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I'm trying to name a little bit. So like in my,
1: in my seminary experience, Hmm. um, And I guess, I think this is what I would want from people that go to seminary. And and it's not, again, it's not just pastors or missionaries. For me, it's anyone who wants to be discipled and learn and grow in their faith. But here's what I would want. I would want them, number one, and most importantly, falling more in love with Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's by far, right? Number two, this is very important. I want them to know what they can't know. Mm -hmm. I want them to understand that there's a mystery, and the longer and deeper they study something, the more questions they'll have. Love Mm -hmm. that. Number three, I want them to be resourced. I want them to have um, uh, connections, both personal, books, uh, online, I want them to know where to go to solve those problems, right? And what I would add, and probably the thing that I didn't get as much, and maybe this is my my fault, is this fourth one of just like um, there's a whole lot that you don't learn in seminary uh, about people mm-hmm. and about relationships and how they work, and and you can call that counseling or you know sociology or whatever, but like I didn't get a lot of that, and I use that every single day, like every single day. So. Had to learn as I went, I guess I would rather have less Hebrew and Greek and a little more like how do you work through conflict you know right. or how do you set up a budget in a church or how do you train leaders like those are things I still never learned. In I think seminary. you're putting
2: your finger on attention many seminaries are feeling though as well because for example, if you're hearing that feedback, do you now add another year or two of seminary well, right. for that? Yeah. Or do you instead say, ah, do we have to trim some of the Hebrew and Greek? And when you do that, then, no. you know, you get into this big kind of weighing game of but, what...
1: But let me do. let me say this. This is interesting. I heard somebody say, maybe you can speak to this, uh, Clint... Like somebody said that when they're uh, somebody's graduating from medical school, they were told like by the time or when they started medical school, by the time you graduate from medical school, half of what you learned won't be um, applicable mm-hmm. anymore. And I would say that's also true for seminary. Like I was studying Hebrew and Greek and all these different the syntax and the words and the blah blah, and now we go to the internet. Well, they didn't have the internet when I was in seminary. Mm-hmm. Now you Google what does this word mean, right? right. And okay. boom, it pops up. So like all that work, all that study. I think there's certain things that will never fall, uh, you know, uh, out, but there but there are others that man, we I think I wasted some time there, you know. Which is why and maybe I'm turning the corner here, why I'm so impressed with this program from Sioux Falls that uh, we've gotten involved with here at Heartland, um, particularly, you know, Drew. I mean, I graduated with my doctorate. Drew's graduated with his Master's of Divinity, and uh, it's been it's been just eye opening for us on lots of different occasions. We have staff people involved, but and this is what I love: we also have people um, from our congregation who are working nine to five jobs or own businesses that are also involved um, in this seminary experience, and it it has been. Awesome to see what God's been doing so far with that.
0: I liked at one moment it might have been you, Drew, who or Dave made synonymous, kind of said theological education or something is just a discipleship Mm -hmm. journey. Yes, Mm -hmm. that's I like think of it that way as well. Like an intentional, a little bit more formal season of discipleship. Yes, is theological education, and that is really what I think Kairos offers. And just as you were sharing about
1: Kairos is the Sioux Falls Seminary. It's it's not yeah. what Kairos University, right? Yeah, Isn't that what right. they
0: call it now? Mm-hmm. Okay, is that a sub? Is it its own thing now? Yeah, it's its
1: own thing now, and it's gotten bigger and bigger. And uh, and just to set the stage for this a minute, um, Clint. So we talk. You know, we've talked before on the podcast about discipleship being our R E I. Discipleship mm-hmm. should be relationships. Should be about experiencing the the E God for yourself, and then the I like information that you need to know God better and deeper. I see this this Kairos thing as like an intense version of the eye. Like you're gonna learn things that you just can't possibly learn uh, anywhere else, mm. and it you know it's it's eye opening for a lot
0: of people. Now I think what is gonna take a bit more convincing for some listening. I mean, I would guess most of our listeners are not in paid ministry. I, well, right, right. Safe to say. So <laughs> when you said like it's not just for pastors or people that work at a church. It's for everyone. Can you try to make that land home a little bit more as to why? So let's just, let's say I'm a plumber and I attend this church, I attend this church or maybe some other one. If you're, you happen to be tuning in and what need have I, To do such a thing. Well, so that's fair. No, but you. Well, just. But I think you're right, and I want to. Well, here's what I. Why should that person? I guess I'm saying maybe it's not for
1: everyone, but it should be for everyone who has a desire to grow in their faith. And to learn what it really means to follow Jesus, those are the those are the everyone I'm talking about, okay. you know. So, like that plumber example who works the nine to five, but goes to a church, maybe is part of a church, maybe is serving or not serving in a church, and he just or she just wants to um, grow grow, you know, more into the image of Christ, to know Jesus more. Like, yes, your involvement in your church is good, and even here at Heartland, like we've got classes that you teach, or we all have taught that will help people understand. But then there's this other level that I think comes with a seminary experience. Mm-hmm. And some of that is what we've talked about already with the rigor of it, the like, okay, you got to give yourself to this. Frankly, you have to pay for it. And there's a certain like ownership involved in that as yeah. well. And uh, I've just seen really great results from it. So that person wanting to grow in their faith, wanting to become more like Christ—that that's the person I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I think
2: what comes to my mind as a perspective shift for me in the past number of years, and thankfully, a program like Kairos is is a bit more affordable than traditional seminary was in the past. Um, it's a ton more yeah, affordable. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm. Maybe not emphasizing that enough, but <laughs> but where I think it changes the conversation a little bit is you know, we would say to someone around discipleship, just in general, forget about seminary for a moment, like, yeah, be paying attention to what you feel the Spirit is maybe doing in your life. You know, where is the Holy Spirit maybe using Scripture to lead you, to shape you, or relationships, or conversations, or experiences? And I think um, 10 years ago, I would have said, well, yeah, but just kind of a person not looking to go into pastoral ministry, you know, the Spirit wouldn't send them to seminary. I mean, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of time. And with and with theological education becoming more affordable and more accessible, I've just realized that's that's kind of a false barrier to put up. I mean, this could be one avenue that the Spirit might point someone to to go after that theological education, to go after discipleship.
1: You know, it's funny. I'm having a bit of an aha as I'm sitting here. Um, you know, when we say to someone, you should go to seminary, most people think What? Just, you know, your, your plumber example. Yeah. They think, I'm going to
0: learn more about the Bible.
1: And why do I need to go to seminary? That's for pastors and missionaries. Like, maybe even instead of us talking about this as go to seminary, we should be talking about it as, hey, you should get involved in our Kairos discipleship experience. Exactly,
0: yeah. Intentional discipleship for this season. And like when you were saying... um, earlier about maybe some things from the traditional curriculum getting squeezed out for the, some other important things that would have really helped you. I think what Kairos is doing, particularly now moving forward, and we just had the president in to chat to our students. He's been on the podcast before. So you check back. I forget which episode it is. We'll have it in the show notes, um, but you can click that and see here from the horse's mouth, his vision for it. But really it's like, okay, so Joe is a plumber and yeah, man, what do you want, what where do you want to see your spiritual life in three years? Mm-hmm. And we can design custom tailor yes. your discipleship. Forget the word seminary. Forget it. Theological education sounds too daunting too bad. your too discipleship daunting. journey. What, what kind of person do you want to be at the end of three years? That's something we should all be asking at yeah. any church. And you can go to Clint's little class. Yeah. You should be attending a local body and all these, but here's, here are, faculty and people in your life mentor you Mm -hmm. in this particular program. Mm -hmm. And they're asking you questions like, well, what do you want to be like? Well, and maybe say as a plumber, uh, I meet a lot of different people. I want to be a witness of Jesus as I go and move about my day. And uh, I don't really know how to interact with someone when they say they're an atheist or Mm -hmm. of a different faith. So I want to be the kind of person that can interact with people from different perspectives. I want to be equipped for that. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I
2: think what you're naming, I mean, and I am in pastoral ministry at this church, but that that was my experience. So, mm-hmm. you know, I came out of Cedarville with a major in Bible or uh, an undergraduate degree, bachelor's in Bible. And um, just to be frank, like, I was plenty happy to have a couple years out of the classroom and just to kind of be with students and their families here. But around the time when we became aware of of, of this this program, and this was years back and mm-hmm. it's continued to evolve and I think only gotten stronger... Um, I was starting to feel this hunger again of I I Mm. would like to be growing, Mm. I would like to be stretching myself kind of in that I component more than I have been, I'd been doing a lot of R&E, and it was wonderful. But i was starting to feel that hunger come back. And it kind of hit me, okay, so maybe this is an opportunity, and it's affordable, which is amazing, because otherwise, I probably couldn't have stepped into it at that time, um, to both submit a little bit to, to a An institution that is invested in theological education, they're going to shape some things, they're going to provide some mentorship, they're going to offer me some tools, some resources. Um, But also, I was drawn to the fact that I would have some say in it, because I knew that either way, whether I enrolled in seminary or not, over that next couple year period, I wanted to grow. I felt God putting some hunger Mm. in me. And, and so realizing that that could take place within this structure where I'd have help resources was huge. And over the course of my time in it, and I think this is what we want to see from more and more students. Um, yes, I right now am working within vocational ministry. It is, it is how I care for my family. It's how I provide. It is important for me to have a degree in my situation, but honestly, even without the degree, I can genuinely say that the theological training I received as a part of the the Kairos program and through Sioux Falls University um, changed the trajectory of my relationship with God, changed mm. the way I see faith, changes the way I parent and the way I seek to be a neighbor. And so I am thankful for it, irregardless of a piece of paper that says I earned a Master of Divinity.
1: And we keep saying how... Um Affordable it is, you know. I think it's still it's three hundred dollars a month. I believe
2: we won't put Drew on the spot right, to calculate
0: right.
1: but, it. But but three hundred dollars a month and a master's <laughs> degree. Not that the degree is your goal, but if it was, um, you know, can be uh, attained in two to three years. So you're talking like a master's degree for about ten thousand dollars out of while you're working in your home in your context doing ministry with like people that. Will stretch you and love you and also push you. I, I, it's a tremendous opportunity. In a cutting
0: edge kind of philosophy of education that where you get out of it exactly what you want to get out of it.
1: Yes. Yeah. Now, okay, you, you bring up a good point because on things that can be had as
0: well. Um, but I, but I. That's a lot. That describes a lot of stuff. That's well, how working out sometimes is for me.
2: Or maybe
0: other seminaries, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, that was the recent realization to me when we had that time with Greg, uh, the president recently, is that oh my goodness, he's so right that like I got an A or A minus in biology in college. I don't remember one thing from my biology <laughs> right. class, and so if I really wanted to be transformed by that learning, I would have mm. had to put more into it. Um, Learning
0: beyond it. information transfer, just yes. acquiring more data. Because to your point, we live in the internet age. I don't uh-huh. need to like be hyper-focused on becoming a human Rolodex encyclopedia. Right. No, knowing I mean, how to find information and more importantly what Kairos is doing. That co- The character... Who am I becoming? Yeah. Yes, and that's my craft. Huge. How am I going about the work God's called me to do? Right, um, is is just as integral as the information, the content. Yeah. Now, what you got to
1: be prepared for is it's so different from a normal way of thinking about education. You know, there's not this list <laughs> or this checkbox, or it, it's it's not that at all. And you just got to get that out of your mind completely.
2: Yeah, I mean, this isn't a perfect analogy, but I think of like, some. sometimes you might say to someone, well, wouldn't you love to be your own boss? And some people are like, yes, I would love to be my own <laughs> boss. And others find pretty quickly when they have the opportunity, oh this isn't great because if I don't have someone holding me to a deadline I won't do it mm. and now that I'm the one having to motivate myself every day I don't find it rewarding and so it's it is similarly it's gonna push some of those things in you of what do you want and with all that said you know we should
1: circle back and say and this program is not only like endorsed by ATS uh, there's I can't think of the other one now but there's Sorry, another yeah. body that also endorses it and it's like at the top of that so this right. is this is legit man it's not just Heartland saying and, sure. and by the way there might be a Heartland college one day that works with Kairos I mean we're excited about this obviously you can tell yeah. so I'm, yeah. my dream is not just like staff members or servant leaders uh, being involved but like people in our church people from our community and yeah. maybe even people from our community who don't know Jesus but just want to get uh, a master's degree, and in the middle of it, they find Jesus. Like, how cool would that be if mm-hmm. that were if that were happening? And I
2: think just one thing. I think this is fair to say for the three of us. If it's not, just tell me off right here, rebuke me strong on this St. Patty's Day. Um, but you know, I don't think we would want anyone listening to feel like. And if you don't end up going to get your master's through Kairos, that like you, you are less than. No, right. no, 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 no. <laughs> but point. I think what we would want to say is be open to theological education as a part of your discipleship journey. Mm-hmm. It may be both more attainable and way more rewarding than you ever would have imagined. And, and it's going to push you a little bit. you yeah. know. I mean, I
1: hear some people say, well, I'm just going to stay at home and read and study myself. Great. You can do that. Or you can put yourself in an environment where there's people who think differently than you do and will yeah. challenge you on yes. things. And guess what? In that process, man, you're going to learn and grow and your faith is going to blossom in ways that you you can't just do on your own. you know. any closing thoughts as we wrap up i mean my my only thing is again to drew's point i don't want to like manipulate people or make them forced into anything but this is a tremendous opportunity it's we are on the cutting edge of it um, there are other churches around the United States and Canada that are also doing this. I think you're just going to hear more and more and more about this, uh, model of education. So mm. check it out, man. Is there a, can we link like a website to it? Yeah, We'll something? have it in the show notes yeah, where you
0: can find out more. Be Great. Well, thanks guys for sharing your heart on theological education and seminary and the whole deal. Uh, and thank you for listening to another episode of the Heartland Leadership Podcast. Again, uh, we're on all the things. So anywhere you find audio podcasts, if you're watching on YouTube, so you can listen on your commutes. Or if you're just on audio, you can tune in to YouTube and, and see the video version as well. So appreciate your support. Like, comment, subscribe, however it is that you can show us some support. Leave a review if you're on Apple. That'd be great. Helps it get in front of more eyeballs. We'll see you next time.